0: Hey, we're beginning a new message series this week called Foolproof. We're going to be looking in the book of Proverbs. And so if you can find that, that's great. It's kind of in the middle of the Old Testament. It's called wisdom literature, mostly because it gives you lots of wisdom for living life. And so it really makes a lot of sense that we look at that um, just so you know, last week, you know, I was gone, I was in Kentucky, and one of my sisters got me uh, this, which is really kind of cool, uh, Joe Coffee, tall, dark, and handsome. I like that a lot. My other sister said it should say, uh, well-aged and full-bodied, and so uh, she's, a, she's my punk sister, so I don't like her that very much. All right, so um, we're going to talk about wisdom today. If you had one wish, what would you wish for? Um... I'm not asking for this rhetorical. Think about it just for a second. Uh, Reminds me of a story. There were these three guys and they were sailors and their ship was going down. They got in the life raft and they sailed to a deserted island. There was very little food on there. just so happened that one of the sailors was a Clemson fan. One was a South Carolina fan. One was a Georgia fan. Kind of an odd mix. And so they're on the island. They um, use all the food up that's there. They're beginning to slowly uh, just fade away. They, they, They just don't have any strength. Then they see a bottle in the ocean with a cork that floats to shore and they hardly have enough strength to go get it, but one of them goes and retrieves it and you know how the story goes. They open the bottle, a genie pops out and he offers to give them their three wishes, each a wish. And so the Clemson fan goes first and he says, the thing I wish for most is to be back at death valley tailgating with my friends i I just really i really want to do that and that's my wish and poof next thing you know he's back at death valley tailgating with his friends the south carolina fan kind of takes a cue from that and he said well i'd like to be back at williams bryce tailgating with my friends and poof there he is he's back at williams bryce tailgating with his friends and the Georgia fan thought for a second. He said, I'm so lonely without my two friends. I wish they were back here with me uh, to keep me company. Uh, so that's, uh, that's good. That's gold. That's gold. I don't care who you are. All right, so if you had one wish, because this is really interesting. The, the book of Proverbs is written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon became the king after his father, you've heard of him, King David. Um, he died and left the throne Solomon. There was a little bit of a battle over this. One of the other sons wanted to be king, and Solomon became king. David sort of handpicked Solomon. Solomon becomes king. He's pretty young at this stage of his life. And God asks him this really important question. He appears to Solomon and he said, Ask for whatever you want to, uh, me to give you. Ask me, ask me for something. Now, if you were asked the question. By God, if God were to say to you, "What I'll give you anything, just ask," what would you ask for? It's interesting. There's been some research done on this. In fact, there's a, a website called The Tens, and the, they ask people this question: If you were uh, offered one wish, what would you wish for? The number one answer is always this: is the one uh, unlimited wishes. It's like, okay, well, you're you're greedy, you know what? But what one thing would you wish for? Um, the top answers: someone to fall in love with me. Uh, My family and my friends to be immortal, which, by the way, you are immortal, your soul is. A perfect singing voice um, to be the biggest celebrity in the country. Really, man, you don't want that, honestly. Uh, Here's one I like. No more Justin Bieber. Uh, That's kind of good, I guess. Um, And to go back and change past mistakes. So here's this young man, Solomon. And God says to him, ask me for anything. And Solomon's answer is, It it indicates he's pretty wise to begin with. Look what he says. Solomon answered God, You've shown great kindness to David my father, and you've made me king. Which really was kind of up for debate for a while. Over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? That's a really, really wise answer. Because what he's saying is, Look, he could have asked for wisdom. Hey, Lord, I want wisdom to know how to play the stock market. Or I want wisdom to know how to pick up chicks. You know, I want wisdom to whatever. He could have said anything. I want wisdom for lots of reasons. He didn't say any of that. I want wisdom to know how to lead your people. It's an honor to lead your people. I want to do it well. So give me wisdom in leading your people. And God was really, it seems impressed with this answer because look at how God responds. Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth or possessions or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you've not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. I'm going to give you that. And then what he says next is really important, kind of where we're going to go with this today. I'm going to give you wisdom and knowledge, and I'll also give you wealth and possessions and honor such as no king who has been before you has had and none after you will have. You will be on par with no one. Uh, No one will be able to compare to you. And what God is basically saying is if you get wisdom, the other stuff comes along with it. You get wisdom, then you're going to have possessions and wealth and honor because it's kind of a package deal and God uh, blesses Solomon with Wisdom. Solomon writes it down. We have a record of it. It's called the book of Proverbs. But God's wisdom is a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. You, it's here. It's available. It's accessible. If you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you have a phone, and there are Bible apps. Everyone that has a phone or everyone that has a computer or everyone that has this book called the Bible has access to this wisdom. We all have access to it. Pretty much that's everybody. Everybody in America, at least, has access to this wisdom. 31 chapters of wisdom. These little pithy axioms where God speaks through Solomon and Solomon writes these things down. This is how life works. And look at this next verse. Wisdom is the most important thing. So get wisdom. It co- if it costs you everything you have, get understanding. Treasure wisdom and it'll make you great. Hold on to it and it'll bring you honor. you got to get wisdom and wisdom. This was a great request on on Solomon's part, and God said, hey man, that's a great great answer. I'm going to give you everything. But it's extremely important to understand that wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. There's knowledge, or there's information, or there's misinformation. There's a lot of stuff out there floating around. This isn't IQ. This isn't about being smart. This is about... Being wise. They're really, really smart people that make really, really dumb mistakes. We see it all the time in the news. Really smart people with really high IQs do really evil things. Uh, In fact, the best thieves are usually really smart because they've thought it through. They're intelligent. They're knowledgeable. They're just not wise. They're just not honorable. And so don't confuse wisdom With knowledge they're exactly absolutely not the same thing they're completely different wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective God has a way of looking at this Now, here's the deal he he just said God just said seek wisdom pursue it treasure it he's asking us to do something that we can do we can get wiser I might not get any smarter in in my life in fact I'm pretty sure I'm getting dumber Uh, you know I I keep forgetting stuff I might know stuff I can't remember it you know I'm not sure I'm going to get any smarter but I can get wiser I can develop wisdom God never asks us to do something we can't do there's not a verse in scripture where it says hey Joseph I need you to dunk on a 10-foot rim uh, without using a trampoline you know it's like uh, I can't do that the Bible doesn't say, memorize all the words in the Oxford Dictionary, which there are about 180,000 of them. I can't even remember my, uh, my pen for my uh, credit card half the time, so I can't do that. There's th- certain things I can't do. But God doesn't ask us to do things we can't do. But He says, you can grow in wisdom. You can learn to look at things and respond to life from God's perspective. We don't naturally do it. It's not common in fact, wisdom is incredibly uncommon. We have this tendency, if we're not careful, to not do that. But remember, wisdom is the most important thing. So get it, pursue it, treasure it, go after it. We, we have this tendency to, we say stupid stuff like follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Look at the Bible says, there's a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. There are folks who are following their heart, following their emotions. This is not the way To achieve wisdom. How many of you ever try to get someplace without a GPS? Anybody ever do that anymore? Some of you do? Okay. (laughs) Great. Jeff Howard? (laughs) How's that work out for you? Uh, uh, Every once in a while, I'll go rogue. You know, it's like I've got to punch all that in my phone. I kind of know where it is. I'll just try to go on instinct. I'll go on instinct. We have a word for that in Kentucky when you go on instinct trying to find some place. It's called being lost. Uh, I can get so lost. I mean, I remember I was trying to find some places like, I don't need to put that in the phone. Uh, How hard can it be? I use my ways that, but I'm not using it for this. I was in the wrong county. I mean, it was like I got so lost. This is what happens. And so there's a way that seems right. I can kind of instinctively try to do stuff. Or, or, I, I can, I can go on a path that doesn't lead to death. I can follow my own path. I can go my own way if I want to. But it's preferable for me to see life the way God sees life. For me to respond the way God would want me to respond. Not the way the world tells me to respond. Not the way uh, my instincts tell me to respond. I should go with the way God tells me to respond. In fact, there's a blessing if you go with wisdom. Blessed are those who find wisdom those who gain understanding. For she, by the way, uh, somebody after the service said, don't you think it's important that wisdom is a she? It's like, I don't. Uh, Anyway, uh, for she is more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Really interesting kind of take on this. In Scripture, your right hand is your hand of power. I'm not, this isn't a commentary on left handed people. You're all good. God loves you. Um, but just like if you read the book of Revelation, it'll say that something is in his right hand. That means it is in a position of power. It's about power. Like your power hand is your right hand in scripture. That's just how it works. What's really interesting is it says, Long life is in her right hand, her left hand are riches and honor. It's like, even the weakness of wisdom is great. I mean, I kind of like riches and honor. There's just, all of this is good. There's no weakness is kind of what he's saying in wisdom. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast to her are blessed. How, how do you get longer life from wisdom? Well, there's lots of ways, honestly. Um, there was a 2018 article in Time Magazine. They looked at a couple of medical studies about um, how folks who go to church live longer. It's really interesting. One was from the Journal of American Medical Association, JAMA. You may have heard of that. And they did some research on some people. And they found that those who attend services are 33% have a, a 30% lower chance than their secular peers of dying. Really, really interesting. Another study uh, from the Public Library of Science found that regular attendance worshipers were 55% less likely to die. Um, there's a guy named Tyler Vanderweel. He works uh, for... He's a professor of epidemiology at Harvard. And um, he says, churchgoing, uh, how it benefits us, is likely because we have a network uh, of social support. Uh, churchgoers more often have an optimistic attitude. We have better self-control and a sense of purpose in life that may account for the long, uh, longevity of life. In fact, Uh, He writes this, respect, compassion, gratitude, charity, humility, harmony, meditation, and um, preservation of health all seem to be indicators of followers of Christ and therefore seem to be predictors of longevity. Uh, I've got a slogan I think the church should adopt. uh, Come to church or die. I really like this. I think it's great. Um, The staff hasn't gotten on board yet, but I'm, I'm trying to win them over. Maybe rather than mandating masks, we should mandate people come to church. I mean, it's like it's really good for us. And so there's longevity in life. And so the promise was, hey, you get all this stuff if you get wisdom. How do you get honor? Well, sometimes we get dishonor because we put our foot in our mouths. Well, the book of Proverbs helps us know what to say, when to say it, and maybe more importantly, what not to say. The Proverbs will help us know when to keep our mouth shut. We're going to talk about that. I don't know if that's next week's sermon or the week after. I've, I've already done the next four sermons. I'm kind of working ahead, which is really kind of fun. And um, one of the messages is about finances, uh, foundational finances, uh, foundations for, for financial freedom. And the wisdom of Proverbs, it's, here's what's amazing to me. This is written 3,000 years ago. It's not like it was written last week. It's three thousand years ago. I read a proverb, I read a portion of Proverbs every day. I read a portion every day. It it constantly amazes me. I'll read this and I'll go, wow, that's like it was written for today. That that is really relevant for today. How does it increase pleasure? It said it would increase pleasure. Well, because life gets easier when you're wise, when you live according to God's standards, when you live according to the way God sees things, if you line up with God's vision of, of life. It just makes life more pleasurable. How does it give you security? Too many people are running around doing the wrong thing, and now they have to try to hide it, and you've got to worry about where, you know, the problem with lying is you've got to remember who, what lie you've told, and sometimes you have to tell a lie to get out of a lie, to It's just a lot less complicated if you just live honestly. If you can follow the, uh, the mandates of Scripture, if you can line up with God's ways. Solomon begins this book. By the way, the first nine chapters of of the book of Proverbs are kind of, this is a a father's letter to his son, to his sons. And and he basically tries to talk them into, hey, I'm going to give you really, 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 really good advice. You should listen to this. And so he says kind of at the beginning, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, A prudent life is just, hey, I'm going to follow the ways of God. I'm going to look and see what God does, what God says. I'm not going to follow some, it's going to be my guidance system. I'm not going to follow public opinion. I'm not going to follow polls. I'm not going to follow current trends. I'm not going to follow these voices in my life. I'm going to follow God's wisdom, and I'm going to get it from Scripture. There's a real difference in knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is this. Knowledge is knowing you shouldn't be late to a job interview. That's kind of common knowledge. I mean, maybe they told me that in school, but it just makes sense. If you have a a 2 o'clock appointment, an interview at 2 o'clock, and you show up at 2.30, that does not bode well for you. It doesn't look good on you. It's just not smart. Now, that's knowledge. I know that. Wisdom is leaving a little early to make sure I don't get caught in traffic so I don't have to make an excuse when I get there. Because here's the deal with that. If you're supposed to be there at 2 and you show up at 2.15, even there, there might have been traffic, you make an excuse, it still doesn't look good. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is following through with it. Let me give you another one. I like this one a lot. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to include it in a fruit salad. Right? I mean, there's, there's knowledge and there's wisdom. And this is talking about wisdom. Knowledge is the tool i got to know this stuff. Part of the problem today is there's so much information and there's so much misinformation. You have to kind of dig through to figure out what is true and what's not true. And so you got to kind of... I mean, knowledge is so accessible. The other day I was in uh, Texas. We were visiting Miriam's mom and, and we went down to, went out to eat. And um, so Miriam's mom and Miriam and, and Elisa and I were at this booth and we're talking about something... And I don't know if you ever have this experience. I'm sure you do. We were talking about something and I didn't know the answer. Nobody knew the answer. What do you do when you're in a conversation today and you don't know what the answer is? What do you do? You Google it, right? You pull out your phone because it's, knowledge is accessible. It's accessible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Friday night, I woke up at 4 o'clock. I had something on my mind. I had a project I, I wanted to know how to do. I woke up thinking about it. 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. I went and Googled it because I was thinking about it. I, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get back to sleep. I had to know how to do this thing. Knowledge is the tool. It, it's, it's, it's there all the time. You remember what you had to do when, you were, when, you were, when I was young? If I had a question about something, I had to wait till the next morning. Then I had to go to a library. And at the library, there might be some encyclopedias. and Because who? what sane person had encyclopedias at their house? Nobody. And so I oh, that, I mean, it would take forever to get the knowledge. And then you got the encyclopedia, and it might not have what you wanted. Not today. Knowledge is readily accessible. And we think that makes us smart. It doesn't make us smart. Think about this. For the vast majority of human history, I mean the vast majority of human history, for most people on this planet who have ever lived, access to one book, even one book, was unheard of. Most people that have lived on this planet through the generations have never, they've never even read one book. Most of them didn't have access to a book. Now think about this. Today we have access to tons of books. Uh, your, your school library has about 10,000 books. Uh, a library in r- rural areas has about 12,000 books. A library in a city has about 24,000 books. On my phone, I have three book apps because I like to either listen to them or read them. I, I have three different ones on my phone. I have access to 384,000 books at any given moment on my phone. The vast majority of people throughout the history of the world had no access to any book. And if they had access to it, most of them couldn't read. There are places even today folks don't have access like we have. Knowledge isn't the problem. We know stuff, we just don't know what to do with the stuff we know. Think about the technology of ultrasounds. It it is irrefutable today that little children in the womb are children. You can see 3D images of them. It is amazing. And yet 3,000 children are aborted every day in America. We have knowledge. We just don't have wisdom. Think about this. We know about relationships. There have been, there's never been more knowledge about relationships, more book on, books on marriage. And yet, 42% of marriages today in America end in divorce. We know stuff. There's this... Uh, explosion of living together before marriage which isn't good for marriage by the way. We have all this knowledge. We just don't know what to do with it. Think about this one. With all we know about parenting and the importance of parents in a home, 43% of American children live in fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. You don't think that's important? Let me give you some statistics. 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 90%, 80% 90%, 80% of uh, rapists come from fatherless homes. 63% of pregnant teens come from fatherless homes. 63% of teen suicides come from fatherless homes. There's a national organization that has great following today. Who Their stated, um, their stated cause is to dismantle patriarchy. Take the importance of fathers even further away from the home. How foolish. There's a way that seems right to people, but in the end it leads to death. And then there's God's wisdom. Solomon does this throughout his book. There's a way of the wise and the ways of the fool. You can can live God's way or you can live this way. You can follow the edicts of God or you can uh, not follow the edicts of God. I mean, think about money. We know about money and yet, in America, as of last year, uh, American households owed 13, were $13.21 trillion in debt. That's $40,000 for every man, woman, and child in America. It, we don't live wisely. If there was ever a time to think of wisdom as something important to us, it's now. Wisdom is seeing and responding to life, not from people's perspective, not from emotions not from public opinion not from hopes but from god's perspective i'm going to look at it from god's perspective see god set rules over the world he set rules the, the, there's a law it's called gravity you ever experience that anybody that's ever fallen has experienced the law of gravity it works every time it never not works i know that's a double negative it always works If you've ever fallen off a ladder, if you've ever fallen down, gravity, you never start falling down and then fall up. Never. There's a way that the world works. God set it in place. It's the same thing with wisdom. There's a way that the world works. It's from God's perspective. He knows how things work. And what's really crazy to me is it's in the book of Proverbs. It's right there accessible to everyone. We we have lots of knowledge, it's in our phone, but we also have lots of wisdom, and yet we ignore it. So my encouragement today is hey, let's dig in, let's dive in, let's see what God's wisdom looks like. Well, how do we do it? Well, number one, I've got to believe that God knows best. Our father knows best. Look at these couple of verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. People trust horoscopes, they trust stock market predictions, they trust natural instincts. We trust some of the silliest things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to Him and He will direct your path. Why do people continue to make these foolish financial decisions? Because they lean on their own understanding rather than on God's. Why do we walk into marriages that we are doomed to fail? Why do we start habits that are going to lead us down a path that we really don't want to go down? Why do we take more on in our schedule than we ever were intended to? Why do we buy things with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like? Why do we do that? Because we walk down the wrong path. Why do people get into affairs that they know are going to destroy their marriage when we know God's word says differently. Why do we per- fail to prepare for death when we know it's inevitable? The Proverbs would say it's because of a lack of wisdom. Look at this verse. When people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. You can, you can fight the law of gravity if you want. You can do that. You can run wild. You can fight it. Or you can get in sync with the way God has this world organized, the way He has it planned, the way he, the principles He's established, you can live in the principles if you want to. You get to choose. If you don't, you're gonna, it's going to be rough on you. It's going to be tough. You're going to hit your head against the wall. Wisdom is the way to go. Let love, and this is talking about God's love. Solomon says, Let God's love and faithfulness never leave you. The word there is just said. It's like industrial think strength love. It's like never-ending God's love. He's always going to be with us. Let that kind of love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Keep them close to you. I've got to believe that our Heavenly Father knows best. Second thing is, I've got to practice ruthless self-examination. Lean not, he said, on your own understanding. There's this paradox in the book of Proverbs. Wise people are aware of their foolishness, and foolish people think they're wise. He talks about it a lot. In fact, he says stuff like this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You can be really, really confident and really, really wrong. Some of you have had that experience before in your life. Wise people are ruthlessly self-evaluating. Hey, am I, am I going down the path that God wants me to go down? Am I following the way, uh, the, the path God wants me to Am I choosing wisdom? Am I being wise? Am I listening to the wrong voices? Who am I listening to in making this decision? Finally, I understand that wisdom is a process, and He will direct your path. Over 700 times in Scripture, it talks about the Christian life as a path. It's a path. It's not a door. It's not you, you go in and, and you're there. You, know, you, have, you accomplish it. Wisdom is something you're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. You're constantly seeing, oh, that's what God meant by that. This is what wisdom is. How do you get from one place to another? We like to hike. We hike a lot. My family does. Uh, we, we go normally to a place that has a trailhead. The trailhead has a, a marker there. It'll say... If you go down the red path, it'll take you this way, and it kind of has a map there. If you go down the white path, it goes up here. And if you go the red path, it goes to the blue path. I mean, you have options. Sometimes it's just one path, and it'll tell you this is what it looks like. You, you, the, the way you make progress in a path is a series of doing the same thing over and over, right? I mean, it's one foot in front of the other. I get from here to there by doing the same thing over and over. Wisdom is that way. You you grow in wisdom by doing the right thing over and over. It's a path. That's why, that's why it talks about it. He will make your path straight. He'll direct your path. Because if we do the right thing over and over, then it becomes a habit. And then it becomes our lifestyle. And then we don't have to think about it. We just do it. It becomes then it becomes kind of a godly instinct. Let me end with this. He writes, My son, remember my words. Don't forget what I've told you. Consider my teachings as precious as your own eyes. I mean, we really covet having sight. Obey my commands and you will have a good life. And this is a promise from God. So you have a homework assignment. I I know some of you are out of school. You've been out of school a long time. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. Uh, Today is the 12th. If you would read a chapter in the book of Proverbs, every day for the next couple of months until we get through with this series. A, a, a chapter of Proverbs a day. We'll keep the doctor away. It's right there in Scripture. That's really there. Uh, read a chapter a day. You might say, oh, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of... Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to cut you a break. Read half of it. Read four Proverbs a day. Read six Proverbs a day. Read some of the book of Proverbs every day. I, it's a challenge to you because here's what you're going to discover because I discover this all the time. I read something... And I said it already today. I read it and I'm like, I can't believe that's in there because that really applies to today. I mean, that's like 3,000 years old wisdom that still works. Here's the thing about wisdom. It works. God designed the world a certain way. He tells us how it works in the book of Proverbs. He he tells us. You You can listen or not listen. He tells us what to do. He tells us what to do financially. He tells us what to do sexually. He tells us what to do relationally. All that's in the book of Proverbs. All you got to do is read it. So, as your pastor, I'm going to strongly encourage you. I can't make you, obviously, I can't make you do anything. You will benefit greatly by reading the book of Proverbs. Please read it. The next few weeks, we're going to look at some different um, some things. Uh, one of them is how to manage my mouth. I know nobody here needs that, but we're going to talk about that anyway because we got friends. Uh, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to uh, manage our finances, uh, what to do with relationships, all those things. We're gonna, we're, how to speak the truth in love. Oh, does anybody need that? Good grief. If there's ever a time in this chaos in which we live, we need that. So, I'm really, really excited about this series. And I think it's perfect for our time. So let me encourage you. The greatest thing you can do is give your heart to Jesus and follow his path. And if you want to follow his path, then you read the book of Proverbs. Because it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've given us this this how-to book on life. Lord, help us to know that it's there, that we would be foolish to not follow it. Help us, Father, to know that your wisdom is accessible, that you want us to walk the right path, that it's really, really your desire for us, and help us to follow you where you want us to go. We pray this humbly, and we seek you with all of our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.